Thanks so much for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and help you grow deeper in your faith. So as we start off today, I just want to pray and then we'll dive into what God has for us today. And so Father, we thank you that in your word, when we read through the scriptures, we can see um, a way forward beyond our circumstances. We can see that you come through for your people time and time again. And so we pray uh, as we read through some of those stories, as we look to what it is that you're wanting to do in our lives, we just pray that you give us uh, a vision for what a way forward looks like. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, I, I want to say a special welcome to those joining us online and uh, those in the room. And so, uh, as we start off today, I want to quickly read some verses from Colossians 3, where a follower of Jesus named Paul is in prison in Rome, and he's writing a letter to a church in a place called Colossae. And so, he's writing this letter to a group he's never met, but he's heard reports that they're struggling with some faulty thinking around who Jesus is. And he's writing to them to help them understand who Jesus is. And so here's the bit I want to highlight to set the foundation of what we're going to be talking about. So this is what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so here's the bit I want to highlight from this. It tells us to set our mind and set our hearts. And so I don't know about you, but I've been struggling with some really stinking thinking over the last two years. I don't know if anyone else relates to that. And I found it hard not to get caught up with the circumstances around me. And so I want to share a bit about the journey that Jesus has taken me on and something that I think Jesus can show us through this passage about how to live into 2022. And so in the very crazy, busy, anxious, uh, full of conflict world that we live in, I want to share a tool that God's been helping me with that I really believe can build our faith. And then I want to show us how we can apply it to our lives so that each of us can find freedom like I have over the last two years. And so this tool has to do with the way we see things. And now, how many of you would agree that, particularly over the last two years, it almost feels like our world has been dominated by fearful headlines? And so back in February or March of 2020, uh, I remember this mysterious new disease called the coronavirus. And I remember when I was working in a school and my supervisor asked me what my plan was if I got it. Now, I thought that was a bit premature, that was a bit overkill. Like, isn't that a bit early? Because at the time, in Australia, it was still relatively new and unheard of. And then it became known as COVID-19, and it was scary, and it was spreading all over the world. Jobs were vanishing, businesses shutting down, people were being fired, uh, the economy was uh, devastated, and then we went into lockdown. And just when those headlines were bombarding us daily and the case numbers and everything else, 
it seemed like we went on overdrive with now headlines of racial tension, political division, economic issues, leadership misconduct, and the list goes on. And so I don't know about you, but I felt completely overwhelmed. And so after months and months of painful and negative headlines, it seemed like we got a break. And then COVID came back again and new variants emerged. And there are so many headlines that can feel so negative and you can feel so sucked into the circumstances around you that it feels like you can't see anything beyond that. And so that's why I want to talk about a tool that Jesus has been using in my life to help shift my perspective. And so I thought I'd start, um, as we're talking about headlines, I think we all know by now that not all news and all headlines reported are true. And uh, I found some hilarious headlines out there and, and some uh, interesting headlines out there that I thought we'd have a bit of fun with this morning as we start. And so the first one is this, Titanic sinking, no lives lost. Now, anyone that's seen the Leo DiCaprio film or knows anything about the Titanic will in fact know that uh, this is not the case. Unfortunately, many lives were lost as the Titanic sank, but this is how the news reported it. Here's another interesting one. Homicide victims rarely talk to police. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure if they know how it works, but usually when you've been murdered, I I, I probably wouldn't be talking to the police either. Um, This one, we hate math, says four in ten, a majority of Americans... Now, I don't know how they do maths in America, but I I did general maths, and even I know that 4 in 10 is not, in fact, a majority. (laughs) Or this one. This one is groundbreaking and revolutionary. Ready? Breathing oxygen linked to staying alive. (laughs) What a profound medical breakthrough. The medical community was astounded by this fact. (laughs) Or this one. China may be using sea to hide its submarines. Or this one, hospitals resort to hiring doctors. Now, I'm sure as probably Nikki can tell, like if they're resorting to hiring doctors, things are getting desperate, right? And this one is possibly one of the favourite headlines that I've read recently, and this is this. Rally against apathy, draw small crowd. And so not only are some of these funny, but some are just plain inaccurate. Some are awfully negative like these. These is what the news looks like most of the time. It uses uh, scary words like war, terror, um, famine, disaster, all these negative things that evoke negative and fearful emotions. And so because of that, today I want to show you how Jesus has been showing me to write my own headlines and how he can help each of you to write your own headlines too. Well, why is this important? Because here's the reality. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control our perspective. And that's all a headline is really. It's a perspective. It's a way of seeing things and understanding things. And the reality is that there's hard stuff happening in our lives and all around us, but the good news is that with Jesus, we can control our perspective. And so today we're going to look at the following. We're going to unpack this idea that 
We can't control our circumstances, but we can control our perspective. And then we're going to look at three steps to doing that, which is, firstly, we write down the negative situation, we write down God's perspective, and then we pray and we ask God to help us with it. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so today I've titled my message, Who's Writing Your Headlines? And we're going to look at some examples throughout the Bible. And the first one comes from the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, where the leader of the Israelites called Moses sent some men to check out the land of Canaan and whether it was the right place for them to go to. Maybe he was wanting to know, you know, what's the soil like? What's the conditions? Who lives there? Are they strong? Are they weak? Can we beat them? And so Moses sends two different groups of people and they came back and basically brought back two very different sets of headlines. It was the same situation, the same place, the same circumstances, but two very different perspectives. And so the first is a pair called Joshua and Caleb who come back and say this in Numbers 13. This is what they write and say. It says, We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. And so I thought about, all right, what would Moses say? What headline would Moses say when he gets this report? And so I thought I'd put on my best newsreader voice for you this morning as I show you the headline. Maybe the headline would have looked like this. Don't miss out. Incredible deals up for grab in the land of Canaan while stocks last. But then the second group comes back from seeing the land and a few verses later... This is what they said. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. And so maybe this time, Moses hears this report, and maybe the headline he comes up with is this Israelites beware, dangerous killer giants eat people for fun. Now, the sad thing is, this kind of looks like what a normal headline would look like, in my opinion. And we can see here that these two groups were in the same place, the same circumstances. They saw the same thing, but yet they had two very different perspectives. But here's the thing. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control your perspective. And so the second example I want to look at is Paul, who went from someone who hated and killed Christians to someone who told people about Jesus. And he had a goal to get to Rome to tell them about Jesus because he knew that being one of the major cities at the time, if he could transform the people there, then the world could find out about the message of Jesus. And so he's asking God to send him to Rome. He wants to go to Rome to speak to them and tell them about Jesus. And he got to go to Rome, but not as expected. You see, what happens is the Roman government arrests him, beats him, takes him forcefully to Rome, locks him up in prison with a guard, and are deciding whether or not they should kill him. Talk about some bad circumstances to find yourself in. Now, could you imagine the media reporting on this event? I wonder what headlines they would come up with. And so I came up with a few different headlines that I'd like to share. The first is the doomsday headline, where everything seems like the world is going to end. And so maybe it would look like this. 
Paul in chains, the end of the church as we know it. But then maybe there's the clickbait article, you know, the one they put on social media to try and get you to read it. Maybe it would look like this. Scandal in Rome. You won't believe what Paul was caught doing. (laughs) And then maybe there's the opinion piece, you know, where someone shares their opinion on something that you didn't ask them to share about. Maybe it looks like this. A dying church. Five reasons why the church will decline after Paul's death. And then lastly... The True Crime Podcast, where they tell the story. Maybe it looks like this. Catching Paul, how the Roman government brought him to justice, sponsored by Rome. And so maybe those are what some of the headlines would have looked like. But here's the thing that I want to point out about this. The good news here is that our lives do not have to be defined by headlines. Either our own headlines or the headlines of someone else, like the media around us. You see, you may not be able to control your circumstances, but you can control your perspective or how you see things. You see, there may be challenges in your life, in your family, in your marriage, your children, your health, your work, and whatever it is, you can't control those things, but you can control your perspective over those things. And so as I mentioned at the start, I've been really struggling over the last two years with my own negative headlines. And it's been tough, and it's been something that I've had to work through with Jesus. And so I've been working through this using a tool called cognitive reframing, which is where you shift your mindset to look at a situation or a relationship from a positive perspective. It's all about the way that you control your mind, and it's not looking for what's wrong but looking for what's right. It's not about being upset about what you don't have, but rather being grateful for what you do have. It's not about seeing things for what's in front of you, but seeing things beyond that and from God's perspective. Because you can't control your circumstances, but you can control your perspective. Now, this is exactly what I think Paul does in prison. He didn't get stuck in the negative circumstances. He's facing an absolutely horrible way forward. He's locked up and waiting on the government to decide his fate. And maybe for the last two years, maybe that situation resonates with you. Maybe you felt like you've been locked up and waiting for the government to decide your fate. And so what does he do? Well, with the help of the Holy Spirit, he controls his perspective. This is what it tells us in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. Here's what Paul writes himself. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And so what Paul is saying here is that this is a great opportunity for him. Remember, he wanted to go to Rome so that he could preach the gospel to people. And now he's locked up and preaching to these people every single day. They literally cannot get away from him. And he's saying that my faith is building up the faith of others. 
You see, Paul doesn't let the circumstances of his life write the headlines, but he chooses to control his perspective and allows Jesus to write those headlines. And so I wonder if Paul wrote a headline on this moment, what would he say? Well, here's an example I came up with. Roman plan foiled, Paul preaches to a captive audience. And so if I was Paul, I might be thinking, this is great. They're stuck with me, hearing my best messages for 24 hours a day. You see, Paul didn't let his circumstances dictate his perspective, but he chose to allow Jesus to shape that perspective. And the thing is that each of us, we we can do the same, no matter what you're facing. And so how does this idea, how does cognitive reframing work, and how can we apply it like Paul into our own life? Well, as I said at the start, it's simple, really. There's three steps involved. The first is that we write down the negative statement. And I think there's a real power of actually physically writing things down rather than just thinking about them. And so the negative statement could be anything. It could be, this person always lets me down. Or, I'm stuck and there's no way forward. And then what we do is we write down God's perspective. And the thing is, the more we read through the scripture, the more we understand God's character and his heart and who he is, the easier it becomes to see things from his perspective. And so writing down God's perspective might look like when there's no way forward, we go, actually, there's always a way forward with God. And then the third thing is we pray and we ask God to help us with it. And we turn that that God perspective into a prayer from our own heart. And so here's some examples. Maybe the negative statement might be, difficult things always happen to me. And when we see things from God's perspective, maybe we change this to be, yes, this is difficult, but God is with me, and I know he can use this circumstance to bring about something good. Because Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so then what we do is we turn that into a prayer. And maybe the prayer might be this, God, help me to know that you are with me and how you may be able to use this situation for my good and for the good of others. Another example is the negative, I'm never going to change, I'm hopeless. And maybe the positive is, I'm given a new life in Jesus and I no longer have to live in shame. And so maybe the prayer becomes, Jesus, help me to let go of the shame that I'm currently feeling. I want to let go of the past and find freedom in you. Another one, maybe the negative is, I'm an outsider and people don't like me. And maybe when we see things from God's perspective, we see, in Jesus, I have a place to belong and I no longer have to be afraid of rejection. And so the prayer becomes, Jesus, thank you that in you I have a place to belong. Help me to cling close to that when I feel rejected or unwanted. Or maybe the negative is, this person always lets me down. They don't care about me. And so maybe the positive becomes, this person is doing the best they can. And maybe they're struggling with their own headlines. And then the prayer becomes, Jesus, help me not to be bitter or angry when people let me down. Help me to see things from their perspective and to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
Now, obviously, there's many more examples we could go through. And in a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to think about what those could be for you. Now, as I've said, this is something that I've really had to wrestle with over the last two years. And I've had to ask Jesus to help me to write my own headlines and to help me control my perspective. And so as we go into 2022, and as the negative headlines pop up, and the videos and the text messages and the things on social media, rather than being stuck in our circumstances and being surrounded by fear and anxiety, we can look to Jesus and find both freedom and purpose through a new perspective. Now, just two things I want to quickly note about this process is that you don't want to have toxic positivity. And what this is, is this is where someone or yourself or someone else doesn't actually address any negative emotions and you kind of sweep it under the rug. An example of this is if you visited a loved one who was sick and as you were with them, they passed away and then a few days later, your friend said, at least you got to be there with them. Now, this is true, but it's entirely inappropriate to where you are because oftentimes we need time to process those emotions and then when we get to the other side and only when we feel ready, we can then see the new perspective. And the other thing is sometimes it can take time for our thoughts to catch up with our actions. And this is what I found in my own journey. Just because I've written those things down and prayed and sought Jesus' perspective doesn't mean it changes things overnight. Because we're bombarded daily with all these negative headlines. And so, as you can imagine, it takes time to undo some of that work. And sometimes we've taken the steps that we need to take, but it takes time to see the results. And I remember one of the first things I read when I went to Bible college is this quote that says this, Often the longest journey that a person takes in their life is from their head to their heart. And so if you're feeling that or you're in that process or you're beginning this process, I just want to highlight, do not be discouraged and keep going. And so as we wrap up, I've created some example headlines for you just to give you an idea of how you might see whatever you're currently facing with the help of God. And so here's some examples for you. Maybe the negative is you're feeling stuck where you are. Maybe you're hurt by someone and you're crying out to God. Maybe there's a life group member in your life group who's struggling with issues. Maybe you're feeling alone or maybe you don't have anything to give. Maybe you feel like, God, I don't have anything to give to anyone. And so when we see things from a new perspective, suddenly feeling stuck where you are becomes finding freedom from the past and dealing with some of that stuff. When you're feeling hurt, maybe it's finding freedom through forgiveness. When you have someone in your life group who's struggling with issues, maybe the headline becomes, close friends trust God will come through. When you feel alone, maybe it's, I'm never alone with God. And when it's, you don't have anything to give to anyone else, maybe it becomes, I start serving others and discover that God changes me in the process. And so I wonder for you, what challenge are you currently facing? What pain are you currently feeling? 
What question can you not seem to find an answer for? Where are you feeling stuck? Because I promise you that you can't always control those circumstances, but you can control your perspective and what God does in that and through that. You see, what happens in your job doesn't define your life. What somebody did to you doesn't define your life. Where you are today does not determine where you can be tomorrow. You can't always control your circumstances, but you can control your perspective. And so it was the Apostle Paul who said this, and I love this because you can see him acknowledging what's real, but he brings his own headlines. He brings God's perspective in the midst of his circumstances. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 4. He says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so I encourage you to set your perspective on Jesus. And no matter what you're facing, with the power of God, with the love of God and the presence of God in your life, though you may not be able to control your circumstances, you can control your perspective. And so friends, if you want to control your perspective, well, the first step is choosing to follow Jesus. And so I want to give you that opportunity right now. And it's a very simple process where I'm just going to pray a prayer and I invite you to pray that prayer with me. Whether you're online, whether you're in the room, I invite you to pray this with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. And now for all of us, I want us to try this for the next 30 seconds. What I want you to do on a piece of paper, on your phone, whatever you need to do, those online, I encourage you to do this too. Take 30 seconds to write down a negative statement that you feel like is in your life at the moment. And then I want you to try and write down God's perspective or how you think God would see that situation. And then I want you to take time to pray and ask God to help you with it. So take the next 30 seconds, those online, those in the room, take 30 seconds to do that. And so as we wrap up today, I just want to say that that, that's a process that takes time. And so I encourage you to take the time you need with that. If, If you feel like you need to... Uh, keep sitting with that for a few moments. I, I encourage you to do that. If, if you feel like you actually need to uh, pray through that with someone, uh, I'm going to invite the prayer team forward in a moment and you can come and get some prayer. Or if you're online, you can press the request prayer button and our team will pray with you. But I just want to pray as we wrap up that God would help us to change our perspective and not allow our negative headlines to write the headlines in our life. So Jesus, we thank you that when you came to earth, you gave us a way forward. 
And so we pray that whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, whatever things pop up in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplace, we pray that even though we can't control those circumstances, that with you we can control our perspective. And so we pray when those situations arise that we would press into you and we will allow you to help us to see things differently. And Jesus, when we're feeling discouraged, when we're feeling like we've, we've prayed through these things and we're not seeing the result yet, we pray that you would help us to persevere and to keep going. We pray all this in your name. Amen. So friends, I encourage you, if you need to keep sitting with that, we're, we're going to provide an opportunity for you to sit through that, to pray through that with Jesus. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward now. So if you'd like prayer, you can come forward for prayer. Those online, as I said, you can press the request prayer button. Our team would love to pray with you. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to say goodbye to those online and you're going to have some reflection time. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name is Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to support you, help you get connected and find out how you can take your next steps. So why don't you head to lifegate.org.au slash online and we'd love to find out more about you and how we can serve you as a church. Thanks for checking out this message and we'll catch you soon.